Welcome on in, Eagles fans, to episode 33 of the No Huddle Show, our Philadelphia Eagles podcast right here on NJ.com. I'm Joe Giglio, joined as always by Elliot Shore Parks and Mark Eckel. They cover the Eagles for NJ Advanced Media. We're just a few weeks away now from the first round, really the whole 2016 NFL draft. The Eagles right now own the eighth pick in the draft. We'll see if they stay there. And uh, when they are at their pick, they have a lot of options to consider. And in this podcast today, we're going to really talk about the defensive players in this draft, who the Eagles possibly could take at eight, but really, in general, the Eagles and, and what they might do defensively in the 2016 draft. We'll do offense next week and then uh, a big me- mega preview of the draft and what the Eagles might do uh, the week after as we get you set for the first round. So, Elliot, we'll start with you as, as we get ready and as to kind of really getting close now to the draft this year. I mean, most of the talk has been about the Eagles, and, and if they would trade up for a quarterback, which is still a big part of the conversation. But if they do you know, go in a different direction and go defense, um, at number eight, who are the names that, that could make some sense for them in terms of high picks for a defensive player? Yeah, there's really only two. I mean, if you think Miles Jack, the linebacker from UCLA, will drop, then maybe there's a third. And I know um, Mark wrote uh, earlier – on NJ.com about the possibility of that happening, and it shouldn't be completely counted out. But realistically, the two that would make sense for them at eight were is the cornerback Vernon Hargraves out of Florida and then Oregon defensive lineman DeForest Buckner. Now, they both make sense to the Eagles for two different reasons. Um, I can talk about Hargraves a little bit. Um, so Hargraves, I mean, obviously the Eagles need a cornerback, I think, at this point. Eric Rowe's a bit of a question mark, even though he had a good ending to the season. And Nolan Carroll, I thought, was the team's best cornerback last year. But at this point of his career, especially coming off an injury, I think he kind of is what he is. I think he's a very good number two, not a number one. And I don't think he's someone you want covering the other team's top receiver for an entire season, especially in the division like the NFC East. So Hargraves is a guy, he's a little undersized at 5'10". So he's not a guy. I mean, I don't know if Chip Kelly and that regime would have drafted him, but he certainly doesn't fit them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, you're right. We'll find they out. Just pick before the Eagles. Yeah, they pick at seven. Yeah. So it's interesting. I mean, he. I think he has obviously more of the poten- more potential than than Rowe does to be kind of a lockdown special elite talent. And in earlier podcasts, when we've talked. I said I thought Jack Conklin would be a good pick at eight because I think he fits a lot of needs. He could start at guard and then move over to tackle eventually. And you know, you've talked about this, Joe, getting getting a lot of years out of your out of your pro, uh, your player that you pick. Whereas a guy with a running back, you might not get as much. But the more I think about it, I think Hargraves has a better chance to be special and a better chance to be a, a game changer than, than Conklin does. So. Uh, Hargrave is definitely one guy they could take at number eight if they don't trade up for a quarterback and they go defense. Mark, when it comes to you and the defensive players here, Ellie just mentioned Hargraves and, um, and, and Miles Jack obviously w- would be a, an amazing player if he fell to them at eight. You talked to all these scouts in the league. You wrote all those pieces the past couple weeks about this draft. What are you hearing, Mark, just in general of this 2016 draft when it comes to defense? Is this a strong defensive draft? Uh, not well. Depends. It's strong up front. There, well, there's a there's some good there, at the top of the draft. Let me say this. I think of the first ten picks, it'll be more. De- it'll be like probably seven to three defensive. I think maybe. Um, I think there's some outstanding defensive players in this draft. I'm talking to scouts. Joey Bosa, I think is going to be a great player. Buckner, who Elliot mentioned, I think is going to be a very good player. Miles Jack is going to be a good player. Jalen Ramsey, 
could be the first time in a long, maybe ever, that the first, the, the number one overall pick was a defensive back. I can't remember that ever happening before, but it may, it may have like hundred years ago. But I, I, I love Hargraves. I've been on Hargraves from the first time I ever did a dra- thing. I mean, he's been, yeah, he's five ten, and at that, if he was a little bit taller, just a little bit, he he'd be the next Troy Vincent. Um, instead, I I look at him as a bigger, stronger Lito Shepard. Um, and I'm, and that's a compliment in both, both ways. I mean, you know, both of those guys were pro bowl players for the Eagles. Um, I think he makes the most sense for the Eagles. Um, as, as Elliot said, they have, they have Eric Rowe and Nolan Carroll. That's they're two fine players, but you add a guy like Hargraves to that mix. Now all of a sudden your secondary is a pretty solid secondary. And in a division where, where you're going to face Odell Beckham twice a year, Des Bryant twice a year. Deshaun Jackson twice a year. You need a, a, a true number one corner. And from all indications, and we don't know, I mean, a lot of guys are talked up in the draft and they don't pan out, but Hargraves from all indications is going to be a number one corner. So that, I mean, that's the guy I, I, I would focus on him. Like I said, Miles Jack would be great. But I, I don't, I mean, he could, it depends. A lot depends obviously on the quarterbacks and how, if, if teams trade up to take a quarterback ahead of the Eagles or, and maybe is there any chance that's what, that's what they're doing? Doing what? Just trying to like make people think they're going to take a quarterback. So the Rams panic and trade up ahead of the Eagles or the, or the Jets or so, you know, who I don't know teams it's, panic and trade up. And then a Hargraves or a Jack or somebody does fall to them. It's possible. I mean, it's, it's an expensive uh, smoke screen with all the traveling they did. Um, they're having fun. Or their hearts are open. Or yeah, Kumbaya, <laughs> you know, packing sandwiches. Pro, pro trip. Let's go see Carson Wentz. Come on. <laughs> the thing I would say, though, off, off of what you did about about Hargraves is, I think that's that's what kind of has changed my opinion from Conklin. Is when I wouldn't mind Conklin either. But we're just talking no, I wouldn't either. But I'm but I'm saying, like. I think at the beginning of the draft season, like when we first started talking about this, I would have said without question their biggest need is offensive line. And I think they've done more to address that in free agency than they have the secondary. I mean, Brooks, I think, is a probably you know above average, solid starting guard. He's a good guard. They can feel confident about that spot. So you have uh, you know Lane, uh, Brooks, and Kelsey. That's that side of the offensive line is going to be pretty good. So. The, the the question mark is the spot between Peters and uh No, the question mark is Peters. Yeah, well, that's a good point. The question mark is Peters. But the more I think about it, so I, mean, I don't think anybody – I don't think any of us think the Eagles are going to win a lot of games next year, right? So you're probably looking at having a top 10 pick next year without even having to trade. <laughs> you're already looking at next year. Well, but my point is this. So <laughs> I think <laughs> – my point is I, I, think, I think if you take Cargraves this year – I mean, you don't really – you don't need to have an amazing – You both of your guards don't have to be, like, amazing players. I mean, obviously you would like that, but I, I guess what, where I'm going with this is if you take Hargames at eight this year, you get, you potentially get a lockdown number one cornerback. And I don't think you want to use your eighth overall pick on someone who's going to start at guard for you, which Conklin would his first year, unless they get rid of Peters, which I don't think they're going to. So no, I'm not well, – I don't want to interrupt it when I'm going to turn this into an offensive talk, but we'll save that for next week. But – I don't think they're drafting a guard. I think they're drafting Jason Peters' eventual replacement, which could come at any time. I mean, the guy missed a lot of time last year, and he's getting, he didn't get younger. Right, but I just think you, you, you don't want – I mean, realistically, we don't think 
Conklin's going to start week one and Jason and Jason Peters. Spot. No, 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 absolutely not. Right. So I just think you could you can take a, a an elite tackle in the following year's draft. Uh, you but, know have, I mean? a, but then you might have to play him as a rookie. Yeah, a that's, a, that's a good point. For a year and learn from Jason Peters. No, nah, that's a good point. I just, again, I'm a hard, I want hard picks. So, so I'm arguing against my myself. Yeah. I'm up to the point now where whatever they – and this is – I don't think I've ever said this in my life. Whatever they do, I don't think I'm going to criticize it. What they wow. Do. I don't think so. I mean, unless they really screw up. But that's I mean, what if they take a quarterback? Not to get into this debate because I know we'll go on about this forever. But, I mean, what if they take a quarterback? If then, um, I can't. I, I'll, if they stay at eight and take a quarterback? What if they take Jared Goff at number eight? I might have to bring up some of the things about Jared Goff that he was, you know, can't win. Uh, here's what I think you're trying to say, and I would agree with it, is for whatever you think of the players, how he signed this offseason, and I think they're all, you know, C-plus, B-minus type guys. He has done a good job of making it really hard to figure out what they're going to do at number eight. I mean, they, they don't know. That's yeah, maybe they don't know. You're right. But I, I'm saying I don't think they have, like, a huge glaring need like they did at the beginning of free agency. So, I mean, if you told me they took a cornerback, it wouldn't surprise me. If you told me they took, you know, uh, Miles Jack, if you fell, it wouldn't surprise me. If they took a quarterback, it wouldn't surprise me. If they took a running back, it wouldn't surprise me. And I can't remember, a, you know, in the top ten, for, for there to be so much possibility with that pick, I think, in a lot of ways, is a credit to Howie because it's, it's hard to figure out what they're going to do at eight. Um, well, you could say that about the Baltimore Ravens at six or even the Niners at seven. I mean, when you're, you know, they're, again – just take a good player, really. I mean, when you're picking that high, there's going to be a good player there. I can't rip him for taking a good player. Would you, consider, take... would you consider Buckner at number eight? Oh, God, yeah, but he won't be there. Yeah? I don't know, but then again, yeah, I mean, you have to consider him. I think he's one of the best players in the draft, but he's more of a 3-4 guy. I mean, I guess he could play, I'm sure he could play a 4-3. I mean, he, he could be really special. I mean, he's a 6-7 guy that, that's athletic, and I mean... Yeah, he'd be real hard to pass up. I don't think I don't think he gets by the forty the Ravens. I mean, the Ravens might take him or the Forty Niners. How does he compare to uh, Deion Jordan? Oh, totally different. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's a defensive lineman. Jordan was a lineman. Jordan was a, a bad three four linebacker that didn't do anything at that. Didn't make plays in college, and then was a bust in the NFL and was on drugs. So um, if, if the Eagles took him at eight, though, that's another defensive end. I mean, at this point, you have no. He probably played tackle. But he could play tackle. You play. You put him at tackle. Uh, you you, you put him next to Fletcher Cox. Those uh, yeah, teams. but I don't think they're going. I don't think that would be the. I don't. He's really good, but I don't know if he'd be the pick for that. All right, let me ask you guys this: When it comes to Jim Schwartz, and you know, as we talk about the defensive players and what they might do defensively in this draft, and like Elliot was, and like both of you guys are saying, I and mean, what they will do in this draft is it's very wide open right now. I think. Two months ago, it was like, well, they probably have to do this and that, but you know what they did in free agency, moving up to eight. It's all kind of an open, you know, we don't know what they're going to do in a few weeks, whether with a number eight pick or throughout the entire NFL draft. So when it comes to Jim Schwartz, everyone is excited about Jim Schwartz. Everyone feels like the Eagles defense is just going to be in a much better place with Jim Schwartz rather than Billy Davis. And obviously it's hard to disagree with that. But what do you guys think they need to do to, to give him to, to move this thing forward even more? I mean, we're, we're, I mean, they've signed a couple of players here. They got the safety from the Rams. They got McKelvin. Uh, they they brought back Nolan Carroll. They've added a little bit here uh, to the defense they had last year, and obviously they're going to change schemes. But Elliot, for you, just positionally, when you're going into this draft, you're the Eagles. 
Like, what are the one or two things you say, you know what, I, I really got to add this to give Jim Schwartz more to work with? You know, not to be repetitive, but I, I think it's the shutdown corner. I mean, the secondary, I think you feel good about the safety spots. Jenkins is, you know, you can debate whether he's top five safety in the league or not. He's up there. I mean, he's one of the better safeties in the league. Um, you know, the, the McLeod, the guy they signed, I think is a solid player. Not a guy you have to worry about. But when you look and then you look at the defensive line, I think they're good there. Linebacker, I think depth is an issue there as well as finding another out, starting outside linebacker. But I think the biggest need is is a cornerback that you feel very confident in lining up against guys like Odell and Deshaun and Dez. And I really don't think they have that right now. And as we found out last year, when when you when you know when you have a guy who, like Byron Maxwell who you thought was that guy and isn't, it really kills the defense. Um, I mean, it was all Julio Jones did to him and, and that type of thing. So I think what this team is missing, what this defense missing, what what they're missing to go from. You know, where they are now, which is probably like middle of the pack. I mean, last year they were one of the worst defenses in the league. Statistically, I think that was a little skewed because of how much they're on the field. But to go from, you know, like a 15 to 20th ranked defense in the league right now to top 10-ish, I think they, they need a true shutdown cornerback. What do you think, Mark, in terms well, of position, think- positions of need as we go into this on the, on the defensive side? Yeah, I mean, that's why I'm a big Hargraves guy. I mean, in this, the, the way the game's played now, Running the ball and stopping the run has become like almost like, oh, okay, whatever. I mean, teams throw the ball. Every, almost every offense in this league now is pass first. Almost everyone. I can't think of it. I mean, if, if you're not, you're probably not a good team. You're the Rams. The Rams run first, but they're, they're the Rams and they go seven and nine, eight and eight every year. Right, because they can't pass. Right. Um, so you have, to, you have to, in order to win now, you have to have a good quarterback and, and good receivers, and you have to be able to stop the other team's good quarterback and good receivers. And like I said, Eric Rowe, we don't know. I mean, uh, yeah, he played okay to the, 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 the back end of the season. He wasn't – I mean, he was okay. And Nolan Carroll is okay. Probably a little better than okay maybe. But I don't see either one of them as like – I mean, just look at what they paid Nolan Carroll. So that, that tells you right alone that, that, that he's just a – you know, he's good, but he's not an elite guy. And how long it took for him to get a deal. Exactly. Um they need I, – I mean, when the Eagles have been good, hi, historically, when they have been good, they've had a, a great – they had Eric Allen back in the Buddy Ryan days. Then they, they, no, then they had Troy Vincent and Bobby Taylor at the beginning. You know, Ray Rhodes brought both of those guys in, but then they were at the beginning of the Andy Reid era. Then they had Lito Shepard and Sheldon Brown when they went to the Super Bowl. So, I mean, they've, all, they've had legitimate high round – you know, Lito first round, Sheldon second round, Troy um, first round by the Dolphins and a high priority free, free agent, Bobby Taylor a high second, um, Eric Allen a high second. They've always had, you know, when they've been good, they've had, you know, top of the line cornerbacks. You know, Eric Rowe was a second, I'll give you that. Uh, Nolan Carroll just a guy kind of sort of. So, yeah, I, I mean, I they could do, like I said, they could do almost anything. And a lot will depend on if Hargraves goes, what are you going to do? You can't you know, reach for the next corner, I don't think. I don't, you know, the guy William Jackson or Eli Apple, I wouldn't take them at eight, even though they, that's a need. You know, and Hargraves could go. I mean, it, I, it wouldn't shock me. I, I really like him. I mean, I if someone took him ahead of the Eagles, Baltimore took him at six, I wouldn't say bad pick Baltimore. I'd say, oh, man, Baltimore made a good pick there. And he goes, you know, that's the guy that they, that they probably wanted or, or could, could use. Uh, just to go back on, on Buckner, I, I looked up my notes the scouts I talked to say that he could be – they would put him as in a 4-3. They would put him at left end in a 4-3. 
So, so he can rush. The, so he can rush the passer too. He's not just a defensive oh God, yeah. type. Yeah. No, no. He's he's he could be something. Like, here's the note type on him. He's gigantic. He never stops playing. He could play in a three four or or a four three. This guy with his size and his ability, he could be something special. He's six seven, right, Mark? Yeah. Six seven. He could be two tall Jones. He could be Ed two tall Jones. If there's one position that you yeah, tight end and have a need at, I mean, defensive end is it, right? I mean, you I know you say that. You could say that if you think Brandon Graham is a good defensive end, and if you think Connor Barwin can make that transition to defensive end, then I, you know it's easy to say, "Oh, sure they can," but until you see it, and Vinnie Curry, I love Vinnie Curry, but he had three sacks last year. Yeah, no, that's fair. It's almost like they have a lot of guys, but none you really sit down and say, all right, you know, they're set there. But, I mean, they have a good rotation. I mean, they have enough guys. Just do they have the one guy? Correct. Yeah, that's a fair – I mean, if they took Buckner, I certainly would not criticize him. If Buckner fell to eight, and that means Hargraves is probably gone because somebody took him and that's how Buckner fell, I certainly couldn't criticize him taking a real good player like that. So we're all in agreement that the three defensive players we would consider at eight, Hargraves, Buckner, and then Miles Jack if, they, if he fell. Yeah, and, and I, I, I would find it hard to believe that more than one of them is there. So if all, let's just say theoretically. Oh, go. Just a hypothetical. No, no, hypothetical. What if all three are on the board at eight? Right, like and what the hell? Who went first? Tell me who went the first seven. <laughs> well, let's just Four, say, quarterbacks. Everyone traded up for the three. Everybody quarterbacks. Got up, traded up for the quarterbacks. Right. Yeah, but the three All quarterbacks three. went. Ramsey went, and the tackles went. Mm-hmm. Right. So take Hargraves. Oh, I don't know. I might take Jack. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. That'd be really tough. Jack Jack projects as an outside linebacker, right? Yeah, in a four-three, yes, he'd be a will. Yeah. So you would take. You I would, don't know. That would be a riff. man. That would be. I say. I mean, that's a no lose. That's a no lose, really. Well, I think we're. I would probably go Buckner last. Yeah, because of the need factor. Although you know, you know what, things on need. You know I might. I might, fire, but. I might take. I might take Buckner over Jack, just because I think if Buckner turns out to be an elite pass rusher, I mean, we saw not we, to compare. Well, I think he's an elite Miller. pass rusher. I don't think, I don't think he's, he's going to be a fifteen sack kind of guy. I yeah. think he's, he's going to be more of an eight to ten sack, but but also be great against a run and. Well, I guess I'd probably take Jack. But I think we're in agreement that Hargraves is the number one defensive yeah, but player. I don't know. If Jack's on the – I mean, as much as I love Hargraves, I don't even – Jack is. Jack could be really good. <laughs> um, well, this is why Howie makes – Well, no, exactly. But, I mean, you can't go wrong there. Yeah. <laughs> I well, mean, you can't. I mean, if they, and if they have the – Those two guys, there, just flip a coin and, you know, whatever. I don't know. Right. So that's, that's going to be, you know, at number eight. That's if there's a dream scenario. Right, all three are there, and, and they get to pick a really good defensive player. That would be a dream scenario. Let me, what I want to ask you guys this before we, we play a little fact or fiction on the defensive side with this draft. How good right now? I mean, you could take into account the players that we know from last year, the ones they added, especially the safety they, they put next to Jenkins now, um, to coming over from the Rams. What kind, right now, heading into the draft, because for all intents and purposes, you know, free agency, significant free agency is, is over. Now it's about the draft. How talented is the Eagles' defense? I feel like we had this conversation multiple times over the course of this podcast over the last year, and we were always kind of going back and forth, and then they weren't playing well, or they were in the beginning of the season. We blame Billy Davis a lot. New coordinator, a whole draft here, obviously no second-round pick to, to add to it, but basically a whole draft to add some more defensive players to what they have and free agency. Elliot, right now for you, when you look at this team, and they have a lot of questions and a lot of concerns moving forward, but defensively, 
what what's in your mind the talent level here Jim Schwartz has to work with before they go into the draft? It's a tough one because before the start of last season, I thought I said I thought the Eagles defense could be a top ten unit. And for part of I mean for the first six or seven weeks, maybe even eight weeks, they were. Then it just all completely fell apart like like the season did. But how talented are they? I mean, they obviously they have well, they have the best defensive tackle of all time in Fletcher Cox. So that that's gonna help. Um, I mean, it depends. Like you said, if the, if the defensive ends end up being really good, um, I, I think they're – I'll put it this way. I think Jim Schwartz has enough talent where they should be, again, in my opinion, a, a top you know, 15-ish defense. I think if this defense is in the bottom five again, then – well, I guess maybe then it is time to start questioning the talent. But I think they, they, they have enough there. Jim Schwartz – and Jim Schwartz is bringing in his guys for what it's worth, but uh, I think they're, they're they have enough talent where Jim Schwartz should be able to make this defense competitive and more than competitive. I think you know top fifteen, top twelve type unit. Mark, how about you? I'm not as optimistic as Elliot is. I knew that's what he was going to say. <laughs> I just, I mean, I think there's a lot. I mean, I there's there's just I have a lot of questions. I think they're good at defensive tackle. The ends, like I said, I mean, they're name players and everyone loves them. But I don't know Brandon Graham. Brandon Graham did not have a good year last year, fellas. I'm sorry. He didn't. He didn't. As a starting player, he did not play well. And I think I don't think he's a starting player. And he might not be. Kind well, of he was an outfit. For what it's worth, he was. Uh, I mean, he was basically defensive end. But I mean, whatever he is, he's just he's just a guy. Right. I just think he's a guy. He's a average. I mean, he belongs in the NFL. I'm not, you know, but he's just I don't think he's a. Offensive coordinators don't stay up at night worrying about Brandon Graham. Hey, how are we going to? Well, what are we going to do to stop Brandon Graham? We do. You block Brandon Graham. You know, it's no big right. deal. Right. Uh, I think it's a fair assessment. He's not. Yeah. The, he's not the guy that's causing them to have no, headaches all not week. At all. I and I don't think. I think other than Fletcher Cox, there's nobody on this defense that you worry about. Um, and he's up in. To be honest, let's be honest about, about Fletcher Cox. He's very good, <laughs> but he's had games this year where he wasn't very good. He's not very good every game. And I'll, and I'll, I'll I agree. tell me that he's very good every game. He's not. He's had some bad. He had some bad games last year. And I did think Mark. He did have two or three that are kind of standing out in my mind. Just crazy was, good I, games that probably padded those stats a little bit. Right. I think one was against a backup. Oh, so like a third stringer. But again, that's, that's, that's he got. He beat the guy he was playing. No, he's very good. He's the best player on the defense. I don't think it's close. But the ends, I'm. I'm. They could be good, but I don't know. Connor Borman. To me, he's a linebacker. I don't think he's a defensive end. I, I, we'll see. I mean, they think he is, and he thinks he is, so they know more than I do, I guess. But we'll they also think Marcus Smith is a defensive end. So Marcus Smith. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. And then the linebackers, I mean, Kendricks, is. I think he'll be better in a 4-3 as a will. I think that'll, that'll, he'll, 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 he'll get to play out in space a little more, won't be as confined as he was as an inside guy. Um, but can he play 16 games? He never has. Jordan Hicks played very well the five or six games he played, but then just like he did in college, he got hurt. So the linebacker's health concerns me, and there's no depth, as Elliot pointed out before. There's no depth. If, if one of those guys gets hurt, who's starting? Najee Good? I mean, again, very good backup, great special teams guy. Do you want him starting for you? I don't know. Um, and the secondary, like we said, I think it's it's – it's a elite player away from being a solid secondary, but that's, you know, 
That's like saying, you know, like the Jets' offense is elite without, but they need a quarterback. Right. Right. It's a big thing to say. It's, I mean, it's, 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 not- the, it's a very important piece of the puzzle. Right. So I think overall, I don't think, I mean, I can't imagine they'll be 32nd or 31st or whatever, whatever they were in the league last year. But I don't, I'm thinking in the 20, like 20 something overall, maybe. Okay, well, it depends on how they're off. I mean, improvement, obviously, is going to be imperative with, with Schwartz coming in. They have to take a big step forward defensively. All right, let's play some factor fiction here. Uh, this uh, kind of pertaining to the whole draft, a lot of the first round, too, in our minds, but the whole draft from the defensive perspective. Uh, we'll start with Elliot, and then we'll go to Mark on all these. And uh, I'll say something, and you say factor fiction on that. All right, Elliot, we'll start with you. How's that? All right, here we go. Fact or fiction, the Eagles should draft based on how a player fits in Jim Schwartz's scheme. Fact. I mean... like I think Buckner's an interesting one there because he's. I think Mark said a few minutes ago he's probably more of a 3-4 guy. But, I mean, if, I'm sure he could play 4-3. But I just, like, if he's the best guy and Schwartz, maybe he's not perfect for Schwartz's scheme, I just wonder what they do. God, that's a tough one for the first one. Um, I mean, my gut said fact because, I mean, you're not going to take a guy if he doesn't fit what you do because then he's not going to play. But I think the fiction part of that would be you just got to take the best guy and then make it work. But I still think overall my my answer to that would be fact. Absolutely fact. Yeah, you can't – like you, like Elliot just said, you can't – that's what the Eagles have done in the past when, they, when they've, they've tried to fit that – you know that what is it? The square peg in the round hole, whatever mm-hmm. the cliche is. Yeah, you can't do that. That that's bad. That that they, that never works. So no, if Schwartz and I don't, we don't know. I to be honest, I don't know what Jim Schwartz likes yet. I don't know. I mean, he plays a four three. I know that, but I mean, I don't know what kind of. I don't know if he likes corners that play off or press. I think he likes press. Um, but yeah, whatever he if even Vernon Hargraves if if Jim Schwartz tells Howie. Listen, this Hargraves guy is talented, but he doesn't do what I want my corners to do. Then you can't take him. That's just that's just silly to, to take a guy to take a guy and try to make him what he's not. That never works. That's what they did with um, DRC. Remember when they when they when they traded for DRC right, and they right. tried to make him a nick like an inside corner? He was terrible at it because it's not what he is. All right, number two. The focus of this draft. Full draft, not just number eight, not just the first you know pick for the Eagles, but the focus of this draft should be on defense for the Eagles overall. Fact or fiction, Elliot? Um, focus should be on defense. I think fiction. I think they. I think if you're there at eight, and you know, let's say you have a quarterback you like, a running back you like, an offensive lineman, and a, and a cornerback, I just think you take the best player. I think this Eagles team. Not to compare to the Sixers, but I think they're kind of at a point where you just take the best player and, you know, don't worry about need so much now just because they're not ready to compete. So I think I think I would I think I'd say fiction that they have to focus on on defense. I would say it's fiction. Yeah. Once again, I agree. Fiction. I think the first pick at eight, as I've stated a million times now, should be, you know, Vernon Hargraves if if he's there or a defensive player. But Miles Jack falls. But after that, I want. I think they need a running back. I want. A, I want another offensive lineman. I want. They. They want a quarterback. So the next three picks after the you know the, the two threes and their four could all be offensive guys. The focus should be on offensive line. Well, for the overall draft for their nine picks they currently have, I think the focus should be offensive line. Just just getting you know 
two or three offensive linemen out of these picks, in my opinion. Which would give them a lot of a lot of added depth, considering what they've done in, in free agency with the offensive line. So that probably will be. Uh, I'd agree with you. The kind of the overall focus. All right, number three here in our factor fiction for the Eagles. So you guys, we all were talking about the three players or so uh, with defensive players that could be on the board or could be you know in play at number eight, and, and we were debating which one's the best. So factor fiction on this one because there's there's been so much talk about the Eagles potentially moving up from eight. So, you know, who knows, two or one in this draft. And, and most of that conversation really has been about the quarterbacks. So I'll flip it around for this one. Fact or fiction, there's a defensive player worth trading up for. What would you think about the Eagles trading up to get what, a defensive player and not a quarterback? Elliot, so fact or fiction, one of those guys we were talking about earlier worth right. trading up for or should they just stay at eight? I mean, I don't know if I would, I don't know if I would trade up to number one because I think the price tag would be, you know, obviously expensive. But, I mean, if you're talking about trading with, like, the Ravens to six to jump in front of the 49ers, you think they're going to take Hargraves? I would I would do that. I mean, if you are going into draft night saying, all right, Hargraves is the guy we want. This is the guy we traded from 13 to 8 for. This is – we feel he's going to be a difference maker. We think he's going to be there. You feel good about it. And then all of a sudden, whatever, for whatever reason, you find out, you know, you think the Niners are going to take him or something like that. If you got to give up one of your third-round picks or, or one of your fifth-round picks – to, to jump up and get the guy you want. Cause the most important pick they're going to make is in this top 10. So I would trade up for a guy, but only a spot or two. I don't think there's a defensive player worth trading up for, you know, to, to all the way to one or two, just, just because he's that good of a prospect compared to the other defensive players. No fiction. Yeah. I would not trade up. I wouldn't trade up for anything. I think at eight, they're going to get a good player. No. And they need every, a fit, yeah, if, if Baltimore is dumb enough to let me to, to just take a fifth-round pick, which they're not, Ozzie Newton's <laughs> smart for that. Uh, yeah, but I'm not giving up one of my thirds. No, 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 no. This team needs body. They need more players. They can't – that's why I don't understand this trading up. for. I don't know what they're giving up, but um, no, no. Stay, one of those guys will – I mean, if, if I lose Hargraves, okay, it's not meant to be, but then maybe I get Miles Jack. So, no, I'm, I'm pretty convinced that there will be a very good player there at eight. And there's, there's no reason. Matter of fact, I'd be tempted. Nah, I don't really want to trade down. No, I, don't, I, I wouldn't trade down. I'm, I, I take that back. But I'd rather if if the if a gun's in my head and I have to trade up or down, I'm trading down. I kind of thought that the whole time from when Howie was talking about how there are ten players in this draft mark that they really liked. That it was kind of setting up that if they get to eight and and you know they want to pivot and go back, that you know I wouldn't be shocked if Howie did that and try to recoup a second round pick or whatever yeah, because I would. Or even another third, whatever you can get. Right. Yeah, I, yeah I, I, I'm not moving up. I don't understand this moving up thing. I really don't. And and what they, I mean, can 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 we break off for a second and, and just talk about that? What sure. are we giving up? Because I'm going to write about this for uh, I think for Wednesday. Um, what it would cost them to go up to one or two? It'd be prohibitive. I mean, it's, I mean that was a big talk last year. You know, how could they possibly move up? And they could. And. It, it's, it won't cause. It's easier to go from eight than it is from twenty, obviously. But they had more ammo last year, this right? Year. And, it's, and it's easier to go from eight to one than thirteen to one. Sure. So I guess they already took the first step, if that was their plan, by getting they, up those five but, spots. But they're out of bullets now. What are the bullet like? What are they? What are they trading? Even even eight, from what I'm looking at the, the the charts and the numbers, even eight this year. And their number one pick next year, which Elliot has already told us is going to be in the top ten, um, that's not enough. 
that doesn't add up to enough to get you to to one or two. So also, what are you throwing? If you're another team and the Eagles offer you their first round pick next year, that's a pick you got. I mean, you feel good about that, right? Like you're, you're, I don't know if if you're if you're San Diego sitting at three, and you can get Ramsey because let's say Tunsil, or you can get Tunsil, whatever one's there. You're going to go all the way down to eight and pass up a a premier player like like that to hope to get my well, back or hope to get Hargraves? I guess my counter to that, if I was San Diego, my argument would be Ramsey's very good, but is a difference between Ramsey and Hargrave, Hargraves a, still a top 10 pick this year and then a top 10 pick next year and probably the Chargers will have a top 10 pick again. So you're looking at two top 10 picks next year just for the difference between Hargraves and uh, – and Ramsey. Well, you don't. I mean, you don't know it's going to be a top ten pick, Elliot. <laughs> I mean, yeah, all right. Well, well, you you said you thought the Eagles might win four games. Well, I, agree. I mean, you agree. But San Diego might not think that. San Diego, like, yeah, but do you think people around the league are going, "Oh man, Doug Peterson"? Like, <laughs> you know, what I mean, like, I mean, realistically, they're looking at this team and going, like, they're probably not going to make the playoffs, and they're probably not going to be very good. I mean, that's I mean, look. The Eagles are rebuilding. It's not I'm like saying, it's not. I don't think anybody's going to just take eight and next year's one. I mean, it just doesn't add up. Just to move, I mean, yeah, I, I'm just saying. Maybe the three. I, look, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade up. So I, I mean, like, I wouldn't trade up more than one or two spots. But I don't think you know. You mentioned, I think Joe mentioned, you know, last year trying to trade up and, and that type of thing. Yeah, well, last year you were trying to trade up for Mariota, so it was worth paying the price. Whereas this year, you had more ammo. Yeah, but I mean, even if had, even if you had the ammo this year, let's say the Eagles had their second round pick. I mean. I don't know if I want to give up next year's first and, you know, this year's second and maybe a, a third. Oh, I agree. I don't, I don't think there's anybody worth – Right. I don't think the difference between who you're going to get – honestly, I don't think the difference between who you're going to get at one and eight is considerably different in my opinion. I mean um, – I don't know about that. I, I think Tunsil – if you want to – Tunsil's very good. He's I, way better than Stanley and, and Conley. Not way better, but he's, he's, he's markedly better than both. I mean, if that was your number one thing, we got to get a, a tackle – I think trading up for Tunsil would be. Well, I guess what I'm trying to say is last year you're talking about the difference between taking a right. franchise quarterback right. and the top two team. picks. Yeah. I mean, probably the biggest position thing in all of sports. Right. That, that's my ultimate point. I'm not saying Tunsil isn't the best player in the draft, but I, in terms of a franchise changer, I don't think the guy you'll get at one. I think the Eagles have just as good of a chance as getting the best player in this draft at eight as they do at number one. I mean, just because it, it is a crapshoot. And I think they could get a, a, cha- a game changer at eight, just like they could number one. Whereas last year, I mean, you're talking franchise changers. At well, one. If, if I think if they, most teams that move up, not all, but when you move up that kind of dramatically, it's for a quarterback. It's, it, teams don't usually trade up for a you know a defensive end. Or, I mean, that, it's happened. But that's what I'm saying, right? That's what I'm saying. And they, if, and if they, you know, apparently they want to. Your story that ran. Um, Tuesday morning about you know they Doug Peterson wants Carson Wentz. You're doing this and have much of a say, but well, <laughs> well Doug's Doug's going to give him opinions on quarterbacks and um, and if he likes Wentz, I'm sure that'll be a story. Right, let me ask you guys this because you guys brought it up with the Mark, you brought up the ammo, and you know the, the next week we'll talk offense and and we'll get into the entire situation with all these potential moves they get up to get a quarterback. But it, it, I just keep thinking here that at some point. You guys are going to write this story and this rumor will be out there. If the Eagles really want to get up, and Mark, I agree with you, they don't have that much ammo and it doesn't, it doesn't fit. But the one thing I could see becoming a story, I'm not saying they should do it, 
But if you look at the Eagles roster, who's a guy that everyone in the league would want and isn't under a long-term contract? Like, don't you think teams would answer? Yeah, exactly. Ask for Fletcher Cox. That would might be the one thing sure. they have. But can you could- give him up? Is he worth I mean, I guess it depends on how much they like the guy they're going to get. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I like, again, I know we're not, to, we're talking offense next week, but like, I mean, if you're trading up for, for Wentz, cause you think he's your franchise quarterback, then yeah, you include Cox because you're getting your franchise quarterback. Now the difference this year as opposed to last year is last year, everyone was in pretty much agreement that Mariota Winston were franchise guys this year. It's much more, it's much less of a sure thing. So well, yeah. I mean, can you imagine? Can you imagine the reaction if they trade Fletcher Cox and number eight up for number one, and they draft a quarterback? I mean, like, talk the about like, on that kid would be un- uh, immense. Well, that, like, talk about dropping a bomb in your franchise. You give up your best player, who we can debate how good he is. He's still the best player on the team. Yes, he is the best player. Yeah, <laughs> you draft a quarterback that's not a sure thing. You take him at number one, meaning he's definitely the guy, and then you still have Sam Bradford. I mean, like. <laughs> The hypotheticals and the fall from that would just be unreal. I mean, I would remember when I, when I said I won't criticize what they do. I would criticize that. <laughs> I would because it would give me a ton to write about for the next three years. But I mean, I don't think I don't. I wouldn't do it. Well, plus the the, the difference in last year with Mariota was you had his the, the guy that coached him to his greatest yeah, success in college. Good. You know, as his head coach, so you knew that. He didn't know, but it was a pretty good chance that was going to work. It was because, a once-in-a-lifetime you know, chance, in my opinion. Right. It's, you're putting the Mariota with, with Kelly. It's it's a marriage that you, <laughs> you've seen be successful. Right. Wentz and Peterson, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, what do I know about that? No, I mean, no, how, no. And how confident do you feel in that? I mean, that duo. Yeah, last year was a perfect storm where you had proof. You thought, or at least, you know, college proof it could work. And then this year would be just, you know, just hoping. It would just be hope and, and belief in, the, in those guys. See, I don't think any of these – I think – A Division two quarterback and a high school head coach taking on the, <laughs> <laughs> taking on the NFL. That's better on, on your team to put that together. You know? I think, Ellie, you might have a second career in marketing for the <laughs> – <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm I, – I, Carson Wentz could turn out to be a great quarterback. He could. I wouldn't, that wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised. We'll wrap with this, and then we'll come back next week, and uh, it'll be a f- full offensive preview of what the Eagles could do in this draft. And obviously a lot of it will be about the quarterbacks, and uh, I'm sure there'll be a whole slew of rumors between now and then, and, um, and we'll talk about it and, and we'll break down what they might do from eight to – They possibly. might have the number one pick button. They might, or we might be getting close to that becoming a reality. All right, so we'll end We're with practicing. this we'll, – <laughs> We'll end with this, our last factor fiction, because we kind of went off it, but I did want to throw this one in here. There's been so much talk this offseason about how uh, Howie Roseman and the Eagles just kind of wanted to rid the Chip Kelly era and get a lot of these guys out, and they did that. Um, What about, so we've been talking about DeForest Buckner. Factor fiction, the Eagles wouldn't draft him, Elliot, because he went to Oregon. Factor fiction. (laughs) Howie's a pretty spiteful guy. But, I I mean, I I would say fiction, obviously. I would think. I mean, unless unless they've looked and seen that Oregon players never do well in the NFL. I mean, there's that, but I don't think I don't think just because Chip was the guy. Yeah, I would say I'd say fiction. Yeah, total fiction. I, I, mean, hope, I hope it's fiction. I mean, look, let, let's be honest. I mean, they haven't gotten rid of the Oregon. I mean, how he's gotten rid of some Chip guys? Yes, he, Murray, if you want to call Murray a Chip guy, if you want to call Maxwell a Chip guy, but Kenyon Barner, Josh Huff, Taylor Hart, they're all still here. Well, they got rid of Brandon Bear. Oh, he was. <laughs> I'm just kidding. 
they're not the first team to get rid of Brandon Bear. Yeah. Um, no, but I mean Hart, Barner, you know Huff are all they all played up. They played for Chip at Oregon when he was you know, and they're all still here. So I, I would say fiction on the whole thing about how we getting rid of all of Chip's guys, even and the main guy's still here. Yeah, they paid him a lot of money, Sammy. Yeah, Elliot's second favorite athlete of all time behind behind Alan Anderson. Yeah, the best quarterback in the NFL. Last seven games. Yeah, yeah, the last seven games. We'll wrap with that, the last seven games. All right, guys, we'll come back next week. Uh, we will full preview of the offensive side of this draft and a lot of quarterback talk as the Eagles at number eight could be in play to move up and draft a quarterback, maybe their future franchise quarterback. Elliot, as always, thanks for doing this. Yep, talk to you guys soon. Thanks, Mark. Thank you, Joe. Take care. And thanks to all of you for listening to episode 33 of the No Huddle Show. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, however you want to listen, you can listen to this show. And, of course, tweet the show at the No Huddle Show on Twitter. Uh, We tweet out all the new episodes. You could give us reaction, feedback, and uh, some ideas you want us to talk about on next week's episode. Thanks for listening.